It is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude from the Talking Giants world, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey along for the ride as well. And a happy holiday weekend to all of our listeners and our viewers out there. And my partner in football crime, Bobby Skinner. Are you going to be able to watch all these games or do you have like a lot of family commitments? So I actually don't uh, celebrate Christmas for uh, for for religious reasons. So uh, usually it, it's usually I annually just like, hey, I'll eat some Chinese food that day. So, but I have Giants Eagles, so I gotta I gotta dial in. It's a it's a work day, so I'm kind of glad this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you like the three games on Christmas Day? Uh, this is the first time I can remember where we've got something like that on a Monday. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm more I'm I'm all for like end of the season, like let's. Let's get as many games in as possible while we can take advantage of it. Now, so I don't like the Saturday games as much because Saturday is when I like to go do things. Um, mm. But but uh, on when it's on a Monday, yeah, I love it. It'll be interesting to see how that one game, the Chargers and Bills, goes on Peacock. I think that's the first exclusive Peacock game we've got. Maybe. I got, I'd have to go back and look. But we'll see how that goes. Um, let's get to the biggest game on Christmas Eve on Sunday, and that is Dallas at Miami. Chance for the Cowboys to get a big-time road win this season, which we really haven't seen, and a chance for Miami to finally get a win over a serious Super Bowl contender. Which of those two is more important? It's a tough question because I feel like it's huge for both teams. But I'm going to say Dallas because I, I think Buffalo, uh, Miami's big game ultimately is against Buffalo um, You know, uh, to end the season. Dallas, after they lost to Buffalo like that, right, got blown out after you know beating the Eagles, and the Eagles are still really good, but they they aren't what they were last year. Um, home field advantage that play with you know with for the Cowboys because the Eagles lost to Seattle. Um, you know we we gave the Cowboys their flowers after the Eagles win, but if you get if you lose two games in a row to the Bills and Dolphins, it's like it feels like that was all for naught. So I think it's huge for Dallas for home field advantage. They won fifteen straight at home, I believe. And just, hey, are you guys actually contenders or was the Eagles game a fluke? Yeah, I the last time I checked with the tiebreakers, it felt like even if Dallas and Philly would win out, that Philly would still win the division and would kick Dallas down to the five seed. Now, that might have changed because it could be working its way all the way down to like a fifth or sixth different tiebreaker if it does end up where both teams have 13 wins this year. Um but, yeah, Dallas is going to have to win something on the road at some point. There's no question. But isn't it weird the way Miami's schedule has played out that they haven't beaten a team currently with a winning record the entire season? No. Yeah, you look through it. like There's no really – obviously, there's great, good wins, but there's no like statement victory on there. Now, you can retroactively look at the Broncos game, but the Broncos at that point aren't what the Broncos are now, and even then they're not a – uh, you know, a team that's blowing you away. They're just kind of a gritty team right now. So, yeah, but this, this, I think it's so important for both, right? That's what makes it such a, a good question. But at the end of the day, that, that Bills game is what's going to tell the story on this Miami team. Do you think that Miami is good enough to get to the Super Bowl or no? Because I do think, I think Dallas, if it, if things break the right way, could. Well, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, the Dallas Cowboys made the Super Bowl. Like it would probably mean that they beat some combination of, Detroit, San Francisco, Philly in their last two games of the playoffs. You know what? I do think they are. And, I and you know, part of is that is like who's, you know, like I think they can beat the Ravens, right? And now the Ravens are obviously the number one seed right now, but I think they're capable 
of beating them where but at the same time like I th- I would take Dallas, Philly and San Fran like clearly. Like if you put them in the NFC, I would probably say no because I think those three teams are kind of clearly clearly better than them, which is why it's huge for them. If they can beat Dallas, that's a nice statement for them and good confidence builder going into those playoffs. Well, this is a this is as tough a final three games as any squad has out there. Home against Dallas, at Baltimore, home against the Bills for Miami. So I think we're going to, you know, it's weird to say that you're going to find out a lot about them starting in week 16, but I truly feel that way. So, yeah, and that's why if they lose this game, their next two games are the, I mean, the Ravens game essentially decides the one seed in the AFC um, because we'll talk about that later. I do envision the 49ers winning and, and Dallas winning. Um, and then that Bills game, that could, the Bills can win the uh, division, which is as crazy as it seems. Mm-hmm. You thought, you know, they're battling just to get into the playoffs. That there's a good chance they're playing for the division that week 17 game. That might be the Sunday night football uh, week 18 game. I got, I still got to get used to week 18 being the last year game. Of yeah. The year. Sometimes, though, they like to go with a game where it's truly a playoff game. Like last year, it was Tennessee Jacksonville, which is not obviously a sexy matchup, but they went with that as the Sunday nighter because it was the one that they knew was guaranteed to determine the AFC South winner and the other team was going home. So they always, just as we get closer and closer to that, it's always weird for us. Like, we're all sitting together at NFL Network on that on that Sunday night, the second to last Sunday night of the season, waiting for the next week's schedule to come out. So it's always fun to try and figure out who's going to be in that. But we still yeah, have the sk- weeks, so. that is one that is str- Like, last year we were, because we did the playoff watch parties, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I we got to figure out what venue, where, when, what yeah. time. And that that is very stressful. Also, this year, covering the NFL more and broad, Black Friday to me is one of the more uh, important days of the year, despite the fact that you have like the most important four weeks of the season coming up. So um, I'm, I'm excited for Black Friday. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're three weeks away, Bobby. All right. Uh, Monday night, fun one uh, with the two one seeds going at it. You've got Baltimore at San Francisco. Now, there's some Ravens players out there in particular. I think it was their safety, Kyle Hamilton, who said, it's disrespectful that Baltimore's underdogs on the road. Let's assume that the Niners are the top team in football. You and I have pretty much felt that way all season. How big a gap is there between these two teams? I think there's a pretty sizable gap, right? Like really? what? So here's where, here's where I say that, right? Because obviously the Ravens are really talented. They're right there with the 49ers. Tell me which position matchup the Ravens have the advantage in right now. There's some ones that are close to equal, but there's to me, I don't think there's one where they have like the really favorable matchup, right? You can say up front their D line versus the 49ers offensive line, but the 49ers offensive line has the best player on both sides of those ball with Trent Williams. And some of their other guys have been stepping up. John Feliciano has been uh, a nice cog for them in the middle who came in late. Like uh, to me, they just don't have the huge advantage at any like position. Okay. Uh, quarterback. No. Well, I'm saying like head to head, like you know, wide receiver versus corner. Okay, got safe, it. Got you know, it. like safety versus tight end type thing. No, but um, I do think I do think that Baltimore's defense. This is the best Baltimore defense. It feels like in a, in a while. I think it leads the league in sacks. I think that they are really multiple in a lot of ways. Uh, they're off ball linebackers. I know people don't like to talk about that, but pretty good, pretty good group in there. Um, oh. The one area where I think they're a little weak is is corner. Marlon Humphrey has not played 
up to his level. You know, he I think he missed the first four games of the year with with a uh, lower extremity injury, and they don't have a ton of strength or depth at that position. But other than that, I mean, I think we're nitpicking. Well, yeah, but I think I think that all that little advantages for the 49ers adds up to a five-point spread at home. Um, now, like you said, I have notes on Roquan Smith and Patrick Screen, like them versus the you know the 49ers run game, jockeying back in the coverage. And this is where this is where if I'm the where the Ravens, this is to me is the test. We all know Brock, you know, Brock Purdy, the con- I don't feel like doing the Brock Purdy conversation. What can Mike McDonald find some areas in Brock Purdy's game to try and bait him like into bait him in the turnovers, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's when the 49ers had their struggles in the beginning, that that three-game stretch, defensive coordinators were essentially baiting Purdy into those middle of the field throws and then creating turnovers off of it. Like I think three of his four turnovers in that uh stretch were all the exact same route, that dig route over the middle. Can Mike McDonald, who probably the best DC in the game right now, you know, mm-hmm. or at least young up and coming one, what can he can he find something to bait Brock Purdy in the turnover? That's where, if I'm the Ravens, I'm looking for. That's where I'm looking to get my advantage. Essentially, maybe Mike McDonald versus Brock Purdy. But again, Brock Purdy's playing. He has MVP numbers this year. Like so, I don't. I don't look at that as like some slam dunk. Mike McDonald's gonna, you know, screw this kid up. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I by the way, I just want to circle back to the original premise, which was, was that Kyle Hamilton was pissed that they were underdogs. He obviously doesn't understand that world, which is a good thing because you don't want football. Yeah, I like the mindset from Kyle Hamilton, but in reality. Yeah. yeah, the reality is is that there's not one person who would make the Baltimore Ravens a favorite on the road against San Francisco. Let me ask you one other thing before we move on from this. San Francisco, two of its three losses have come against the AFC North teams in Cleveland and Cincinnati. Now, they're, those two teams are being quarterbacked by two different guys than when they beat them. It was P.J. Walker for Cleveland. It was Joe Burrow for Cincinnati. Now they face the best team in the AFC North. Is there anything to that, the way that San Francisco matches up with that division? No, I don't think so. I think Kevin Stefanski's always given uh, uh, San Fran issues. Or not not Kevin Stefanski. I mean, uh, Jim Schwartz mm-hmm. uh, has given always given uh, Kyle Shanahan issues. So hey, but this is that's where I'm looking at, right? And we have another great offensive call play caller versus defensive play caller in Shanahan versus McDonald. That is where I'm looking at. Like that to me, I already have a good feel of all the players on this team, the talent levels, what they're capable of. That's what I'm looking at is in this, because this could be this could be a Super Bowl. I mean, they're the two one seeds. So mm-hmm. they're probably the betting favorite for the Super Bowl matchup right now. Yeah, I know. I I always get a mixed bag of feelings and whether or not I want to see a rematch from the regular season because you're like, ah, I've already seen that. But if this were it for a football fan come the middle of February in Las Vegas, I don't think teams, I don't think fans would be upset. Oh, I would love, I would love this. This this is the Super Bowl I probably want um, besides Browns because of that prediction I made in the middle of the year. Yes. That would be, uh, uh, that would be a fun thing to quote tweet. Uh, And also unrelated to these two teams right now i love super bowl rematches even though it's not the same teams at all so that you know the harbaugh bowl i love Mm -hmm. that like when the eagles and patriots played you know what was it 18 years later or whatever um i like those and i particularly like the giants patriots super bowl rematch got it but that that was more of a true rematch 
Okay. Uh, Rams, they kicked off week 16, a Thursday night home win over the New Orleans Saints. L.A. is now the sixth seed in the NFC playoff chase. Is Sean McVay's crew the wild card team that nobody wants to play? Absolutely. And here's what I need. I need first round, Detroit looking for their first playoff win since before I was born. I need Stafford coming home for that. I need Stafford coming home for that. I need the Sean McVay versus Jared Goff angle. You know, they, they, I don't know if they've ever made up, but they don't, they didn't like each other. Um, I, I need that. But yeah, this, the Rams are that team, right? Like they went, they've went toe to toe with the last two teams we talked about with the 49ers and Ravens, ended up losing. But again, they went, they went up against them. Um, you know, they're, one big ward is blow the blowout loss to Dallas in the middle of the season, but hey, that that happens. I mean, you got Matt Stafford who can go to toe to toe with any quarterback in the conference, and then Cup and Nakua's receivers. I think their offensive line has been much improved. Drafting Steve Avila, Kevin Dotson, I think was one of the more underrated trades of the offseason. Um, and then you got Aaron Donald on the other side, who is a, is he can win a playoff game for you. Byron Young, the rookie, is doing some good things for them. So. Yeah, they they are that team. They're they're that you know, and you have Sean McVay, who's one of the one of uh the best coaches in the NFL, if arguably uh if arguably that he could be the best coach in the NFL. Well, I'm not willing to say that they are that team because there's gonna be a five seed that's pretty damn good, whether it's named Dallas or Philadelphia. Yeah, but I, I don't even I know they're technically wild card teams, but I don't even like I view that as like a technicality that they're wild card fair. teams. That's fair. So um, you're right, but I like when I think of wild card team, I don't think of the Cowboys or the Eagles as a wild card team right now. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I will say this: Stafford's playing great, and you know, I think the one thing that it's allowed some younger football fans to enjoy, they're like, "Oh my God, he throws the ball just like Patrick Mahomes." You know, he slings it under like he did that way before Patrick Mahomes was in the league, so he didn't have the escapability of Mahomes and to keep plays alive with his legs. Um, although he could do a little bit of that when he was younger, but you always knew pretty much where Matthew Stafford was going to be on a play, but he's really good. He throws the ball at different angles. I love it. This is the best run game that McVay has ever had. Kyron Williams is a really good player back there. And I think his ability to rely on the run game when he needs to and not throw the ball every play. I think that helps this team immensely. Well, you remember when they went to the Super Bowl with uh, with Goff? They were they were running. I mean, th- I think they ran for like three hundred yards on the Cowboys mm-hmm. in the divisional round that year. That's a big part of of you know what can make that Rams offense go right now. Obviously, when they won the Super Bowl, they were a much more talented team. But that Rams team for a long time was doing more with less, and then they kind of just went all in on it with trading for Jalen Ramsey and. Vaughn Miller and and Odell and then obviously Stafford being the big uh, cog in the middle for that. Yeah. But I think that was uh, I think that was C.J. Anderson that was, you know, yeah, C.J. Anderson the co- and Todd Gurley. Yep, and um, yeah, they ran all over Dallas that day. But they're, you know, their defense is they've got some good young players. You mentioned Byron Young. I think that kid is a real stud. Uh, elsewhere, they're they're okay. Yeah, they're defense. middle of the pack, and they're basically every every but, metric. So that's the thing. If they have to go to Detroit, they're going to have to go blow for blow with them offensively. Like they're not going to stop Detroit. I would expect a game for each team in the 30s. And you're right; it would be fun. That would be a great, great narrative to have out there. So that's 
I'm I all mean, for it. Could you imagine the emotions as a Lions fan? Like I, I need that. That's because the because Detroit and Matt Stafford were never top of headlines. Like that won't be as big. But that to me, that's. I mean, that's that's as big as it like that's as big as it gets of a homecoming, right? Like Matt Stafford means a lot to that city. Um, and to have him them playing each other in the playoffs would be amazing. Never played a home playoff game, right? I think he only had two playoff trips, and I believe they were both on the road. It was like a New Orleans and a Dallas, maybe something like that. They lost to Dallas, then they lost to the Seahawks in 2017 or 16. Then they lost to the Cowboys on that year that the did the, the Dez catch it uh, on that pass interference at the end of the game. So they should have won that game. Their last playoff win is 19... 19- 93 season right 91 oh, no no 91 yeah yeah so with, uh, it, it was i was looking it up it was it yeah. was 17 days before i was born was their last playoff victory. Ah. yeah well it's been three decades it's been so long since they won the division it was the nfc central not the nfc north i love it there you go the weather might be cooling down but the action on the field stays hot and today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the nfl to get you Closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all. Combine multiple guests bets together for a shot and even bigger payout. And I say it at the end of the show, Boston Scott anytime touchdown. It's a lock. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code Football today, bet just $5 on any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code football today, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. Um, leaders of the South going at it this weekend. You got Jacksonville at Tampa. It As of the time of this taping, it certainly sounds like Trevor Lawrence is not going to be available because of a concussion issue. But big picture here, even if he was around, has Tampa passed Jacksonville as the Sunshine State's second best team this season? No, I don't believe so. Um, I can be hard on Trevor Lawrence, but he is a very, very good quarterback, and that gives them a huge advantage over Tampa. And I think they have overall better talent on that Jacksonville roster. Um, even though that even though Tampa does have some dudes, but some of their best players are starting to age a little bit too. Um yeah, I think Jacksonville is is more talented and more up and coming, uh, where Tampa's kind of, you know, making the most out of what they have right now, and they're doing well. But I, I think Jacksonville's kind of comfortably better. But I'm going to pick Tampa this week if if Lawrence isn't playing. Yeah, it would be C.J. Beathard, which I mean, the guys made some starts mostly with San Francisco, but there is a tremendous drop off from Lawrence to Beathard if that's the case. Jacksonville's lost three straight games to teams that currently hold playoff spots. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore. Turnovers have done them in. It's been a major, major problem for them. Talent-wise, yeah, I still think, you know, if I had to go person for person, I would go Jacksonville over Tampa, in part because, do you know what Tampa's record against winning teams this year? No, I don't. 0-6. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it'd be. Yeah. I thought it'd be a little better than that. Yeah, they're zero and six now. They've given some teams a a real good run. Um, they've been within one score of some pretty solid squads, but at the end of the day, you got to win a game. And you know, we've talked a lot. We talked, I think, last show about Baker Mayfield and the sort of year that he's had. 
the thing is, is that if they win that division, they're going to welcome either Dallas or Philly into that crib, and they would be touchdown underdogs at least, right? Um, yeah. Oh, eh. yeah, they would. I'm hoping we get three Florida home games in the wild card weekend. Um, and they, if they do, they have to make that a Saturday, Sunday, Monday for all of them. And maybe I'll maybe I'll just literally travel to every single one of them. Maybe not go into the games, but just travel to every single one of them. So you would like to go watch teams that aren't your own in the playoffs? Yeah, I'd love to. I love. I mean, really? I love going to. I, like I, I went to Bucks games before I ever went to a Giants game, just because you know they were they were local. So, like my first ever NFL game was a Tampa Bay. I don't know who they were. I can't remember who they were. Maybe Tampa Bay Commanders, Redskins at the time. Um, so, yeah, I would love that. That intensity. The in- like, So, I've been to like Orlando Magic playoff games versus like the Raptors. The other Raptors. The intensity in a playoff building is unmatched. And that was for a Magic team who didn't stand a damn chance. Hmm. Um, you know, I went to a Devil's Lightning playoff game. Like, that's an intense. That's great team. atmosphere. My first ever hockey game was that. And then I went to a regular season Devil's Lightning game. I was like, oh, this is. This is two different sports, essentially. Right. Um, so I've never been to a playoff football game. I would love to be there for that for that uh, environment. I was at the drive by John Elway. Oh, my God. Yeah, that hurt. How old were you? I was just about to turn 16. Oh, my God. That's the peak of sports fandom. That That's that's your, like, you know, flashback, like, you know, you know, PTSD sports moment right there. It's probably that, right? Yeah, it uh section thirty seven, row two, seat one. Oh, you were up close and personal to it too. That's yeah. Well, that's in tough. Cleveland though, you're never at the old Cleveland Municipal Stadium. It was built to house the Olympics. It was like open in nineteen twenty nine. They didn't get the Olympics, but it was this enormous building and no seats were really close to the field except for the dog pound. Everything else, because remember the Indians played there too. It was just this enormous cavernous stadium. But it was rough. I really thought the Browns were going to the Super Bowl that year. That was in the AFC Championship. We took a 20 to 13 lead with like 5 minutes to go. We had a kickoff. They muffed it. They started the drive at the 2-yard line with our defense. I remember telling myself in my head, I was like, we're fucking going to the Super Bowl. And sure enough, Elway. And then years later on the Best Damn Sports Show period, we have him on. I explained to him, I was like, huge Browns fan, any interest in apologizing? He was like, no. It's like, oh. I feel so bad for you because as someone who's been to the Super Bowls as a fan, the most exciting moment is like that last minute of the conference and, and, you know, the last two I was a part of were, you know, game winning field goals. Right. That when, when, uh, when Corey Webster intercepts Brett Favre, that's like a, Oh my God, if Lawrence times doesn't miss three kicks in a row, we're, we're going. That's like the most intense moment that there is. So I, yep. I'm, I'm sorry for you. That's okay. Hey, listen, it builds character. And as I always explain, Cleveland sports fans are 95% scar tissue anyway. All right. Um, Saturday's two-game slate begins in Pittsburgh. Are you more interested in seeing if Bengals quarterback Jake Browning can avenge his lone loss as a starter or if Mason Rudolph can save the Steelers' troubled season? So... I'm I'm interested to see if Browning can put up like 20 plus on the Pittsburgh because I I I am not confident for the Steelers to score six points in this game. <laughs> like they're they're I can't believe they're going to Mason Rudolph once again. This is 
Uh, that's insane. I, I'm not confident they're going to put six points on. So I'm not just looking for the Bengals to see if they can win. I want to see if they can put up 20-plus points, and maybe we actually take this team kind of serious. Mason Rudolph. I, sometimes you forget he's even in the league, to be honest with you. Right? I mean I, – I, I did forget he was in the league. I had no clue he was in the league still. And by the way, how bad does he have to be if we've they've trotted out Trubisky the last couple of weeks? Right? Yeah, that's the I mean, thing. I feel like Trubisky – who I am no fan of, is a pretty serious upgrade over... Like, I don't understand why they're doing this, to be honest. Like, they're they're trying to save their season. They have no... They have zero faith. I mean, you have, did you watch Trubisky last week? Yeah, I, I, Chuck, man, I'm not sitting here saying Trubisky's any good, but did we watch Mason Rudolph fall? Like, Mason Rudolph is really bad. I mean, that's he does why have a winning record. Does he really? Gosh, <laughs> he does. 5-4-1. Pittsburgh Steelers football, man. I love it. What is their record? Are they in danger? Are they going to go below 500? If they lose this weekend, they will because they're going to play Baltimore that last week. And they're going to – that's a game Baltimore is going to have to win if it wants to get the one seed, I think. Would be very Pittsburgh to win that game, though. But, uh, no, I have, I have no faith that the Steelers can put up six points in this game. Yeah. And by the way, Jake Browning, I saw him obviously in person last week. First half, not great. It'll be here's what'll be really interesting. They had to play those last couple drives without Jamar Chase. Now they're going to play a whole game where team game plans, knowing that Jamar Chase is not going to be there. And I want to see if he's able to make the right moves because Pittsburgh, as crazy as their season has been on offense, they still can bring it with a really impressive defense. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that was Jake Browning's only loss and. You know, after that game, like, okay, Bengals are done, and then they, they pulled off what they've been able to the last few weeks. Um, the pit, Like you said, but here's the thing. Pittsburgh could very much be in quit-on-the-team mode, and you're seeing some of that leaking out where you can see that defense is talented in not being able – not having a, a stellar performance like it would a month ago. Is there a worse position room right now going in this sport than the Pittsburgh wide receiver room over the last few years? It's so funny because it was like, man, they – just continue to draft studs and it's like every single person in that room has turned into a non-block either non-blocking or you know like the biggest piece of shit we've seen in the last 10 years in the NFL well but some of it you've known and some of it grew into it like Chase Claypool you didn't know that when he got drafted by them out of Notre Dame and then but George Pickens you knew it that's why the that's the reason he fell to the second round guy was probably the most talented receiver in the draft but everybody's like, oh, my God, the Steelers, another coup. And then you're like, well, slow your roll because he's a little bit up there. So we'll see. All right, listen, man, have a great weekend. We're going to be back at it again, I think, the day after Christmas. That'll wrap up the three Christmas Day games. Um, you know, we'll have a full football belly, if you will, and we'll be doing this again on Tuesday, if that's all right. Excited for it. We're excited to talk Ravens, uh, Ravens 49ers. And some other games, I do imagine. Giants Eagles, that's going to be a good one. Happy holidays! Hey, go bet Boston. Hey. Actually, no, I'll do it in my draft. My ad what? game. I'll, I was going to do. I'll do my ad read. Go bet Boston Scott touchdown. He has nine touchdowns in nine games, and I know all the people are like, well, he's only gotten sixteen carries this year. The Eagles know this, and the Eagles are going to blow the Giants out, which means they're going to be in the red zone the fourth quarter, and then Boston Scott's <laughs> going to start getting carries. It's a guarantee. You heard it here first. Consider that our little holiday gift to you. Everybody have a good, safe holiday weekend. We are going to be back at it on Tuesday. 
For producer Mikey and Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. Enjoy your football. We'll see you next time here on Football Today.